Marshall University. WMUL-FM, Huntington, West Virginia. And now, News Center 88 at 5, the area source for the most complete news coverage from across the campus of Marshall University and the Huntington Tri-State area. And now, the News Center 88 team. Happy Marshall Day and good evening, everyone, for this Wednesday, January 31st, 2024. I'm Luke Hamilton. And I'm Emma Johnson. Coming up this evening on News Center 88, federal judge dismisses Disney's free speech lawsuit against DeSantis. Company vows to press on. All on your only daily source for Marshall Broadcast News. Samantha Riddle will be in with the Metro Huntington weather forecast. And Ben Anderson will be in with the FM 88 Sports Report. The current temperature outside is a cloudy 41 degrees. And now on to our top story. Interest rate cuts are coming, just not yet. The Federal Reserve delivered that message first in a policy statement and then in a news conference at which Chair Jerome Powell reinforced it. The Fed did signal that it's nearing a long-awaited shift toward cutting interest rates, evidence that its officials have grown confident that they're close to fully taming inflation. No longer does this policy statement say it's still considering further rate hikes. Yet the officials made clear that the first rate cut is likely months away. Their statement cautioned that they don't think it would be time to cut rates, quote, until it has gained greater confidence that inflation is moving sustainably, unquote, to their 2% target. A federal judge has dismissed Disney's free speech lawsuit against Governor Ron DeSantis. That leaves the company's hopes for regaining control of a district that governs Walt Disney World to a separate state court challenge. U.S. District Judge Alan Windsor said in his decision today that Disney lacked standing on its First Amendment lawsuit against the Florida governor and his appointees. The separate lawsuit in state court is still pending in Orlando. The feud between DeSantis and Disney started in 2022 after the company publicly opposed the state's so-called Don't Say Gay law, which banned classroom lessons on sexual orientation and gender identity in early grades. Senate negotiators are struggling to finalize a bipartisan deal that would pair policy changes at the U.S. southern border with wartime aid for Kyiv as they run into strong resistance from House Republicans and Donald Trump. Senate negotiators have held closely the details of a carefully negotiated compromise on border enforcement and immigration policies that were, that were intended to unlock Republican support in Congress for military aid for Ukraine. But the negotiations have dragged for months, and President Joe Biden, who is pushing for a deal alongside Republican and Democratic leaders in the Senate, already faces a daunting task in convincing Republicans to defy Trump's wishes that the bill be dismissed. A man in suburban Philadelphia has been charged with first-degree murder and abusing a corpse after his father was found decapitated. Police are investigating a video on social media that allegedly shows him holding up the head. The father was found beheaded in the bathroom of his home in Levington, excuse me, in Levintown, Pennsylvania, yesterday night. Police say the son, identified as 32-year-old Justin Mon, was arrested about 100 miles away in Fort Indiana Town Gap. Mon was arraigned earlier today and held without bail. An attorney for Mon wasn't listed in court records, and a message seeking comment on his behalf was left at a phone listing for him. A judge says Elon Musk must give up a compensation package awarded by Tesla's board of directors that is potentially worth more than $55 billion. The ruling in a Delaware court yesterday comes five years after a shareholder lawsuit targeted the Tesla at the company's directors. They were accused of breaching their duties to the maker of electric vehicles and solar panels, resulting in a waste of corporate assets and unjust enrichment for Musk. Plaintiffs' lawyers argued that the pay package was dictated by Musk and was the product of negotiations with directors who were not independent of him. 
Defense attorneys countered that the pay plan was fairly negotiated by a compensation committee whose members were independent. And coming up next, Marshall University travels to the West Virginia State Capitol. That and more news from across the tri-state when News Center 88 returns right after this. You okay? Yeah, I'm just allergic to all these irritating radio stations. If you are being slowed down daily by drab radio stations, ask your doctor about taking WMUL. WMUL works by sending a stream of exciting news and sports coverage to the brain while taking out all the commercials slowing you down. Oh, much better. Thank you, WMUL. Side effects include but are not limited to exciting bouts of metal, jazz, blues, alternative hip-hop, gospel, rock, and more. A deficiency in commercials and an intense feeling of personal satisfaction and joy. Do not take WMUL if you hate happiness. I don't hate happiness. Ask your doctor about taking WMUL-FM 88.1. Hi, this is John Bon Jovi, asking you to go to serve.gov to get involved in something you believe in. I'm a big believer in the power of we. We weren't born. We can tackle the tough challenges we face and build community through service and volunteering. United we stand, united we serve. Are you with me? Go to serve.gov for more information about how to volunteer in your community. This message is brought to you by United We Serve and the Corporation for National and Community Service. Welcome back to News Center 88, voted best spot news reporting by the Virginia's Associated Press. I'm Luke Hamilton. And I'm Emma Johnson. Police say a shooting in Kentucky's largest city has left one person dead and three critically wounded. Louisville Metro Police De Deputy Chief Stephen Haley told news outlets that all four people were inside a vehicle in an area downtown this afternoon when the shooting took place. Police spokesman Dwight Mitchell said officers were canvassing the area looking for witnesses. Police did not release any information on possible suspects, but said on social media that they don't believe there's any danger to the public. They say the victims appeared to be young adults. Their identities weren't immediately released. Some eastern Ohio residents whose community was devastated by a fiery train derailment early last year say President Joe Biden's visit is coming a year too late. The White House says Biden will visit East Palestine in February, but no date has been given for the Democratic president's trip. The derailment displaced thousands of residents near the Ohio-Pennsylvania border. Many residents have lingering fears about potential health effects from the assortment of toxic chemicals that spilled and the vinyl chloride that was released a few days after the crash to keep the five tank cars from exploding. East Palestine resident Jeremy Smith says he doesn't know what the point of Biden's visit is now. Today is Marshall University Day as groups of leaders, organizations, and students traveled from Huntington to the West Virginia State Capitol. President of Alumni Relations Matt James says it's important to display Marshall's accomplishments, but it's not the only goal of the visit. It's also really important when our president is here to talk about our priorities. Uh, many of those things cost money uh, and it takes support from the state. And so I could give you a list of reasons, but really we just need to be present. We need to start building those relationships with our lawmakers. President Brad Smith has six areas of emphasis, including cybersecurity, advanced manufacturing, healthcare, aviation, and entrepreneurship. Now that the new Brad D. Smith School of Business is open, Smith's next goal includes breaking more ground. And then we have two asks, two special asks. One is help us expand our aviation program, which will also allow us to help four other schools in the state stand up theirs. And the other one's our Advanced Manufacturing Center. We want to put it in a new building in the Innovation District in Huntington. We need to move it out of that old building that's 60 years old and move it up closer to the cybersecurity building. Marshall Student Body President Walker Tatum has a plan in place to expand the food pantry at Marshall. And he says... 
There's actually a bill that's been introduced in the Senate and House that's the Hunger Free Campus Act that gives public funding to universities to address food insecurity for students. So that's something that's really on our radar because we really want to push that forward and hopefully get support from those delegates and senators so that we can have more of an address on food insecurity on Marshall's campus and more support in terms of funding. The university's leaders not only visited the Capitol to celebrate the achievements of the university, but also to push for positive change. Coming up next, James Biden agrees to a private interview with House Republicans investigating the president. That and more news from around the nation when News Center 88 returns. Stay with us. Hey, Patrick, what's up? Hey, Michael, what's up with you? Uh, why does your voice sound like that? I know, it's awesome. I sound like a robot. You sound like T-Pain or Kanye. Yeah, that's the idea. Well, if you like the sound of those rappers, just tune in to 88.1 and listen to the new and old hip-hop hits. Oh, that's not a bad idea. Your voice is stuck like that, isn't it? Yeah, kinda. You moron. For the very best hip-hop, tune in to 88.1 WMUL F. Did you know that 63% of homes contain allergens from cockroaches? And that mice spread potent asthma triggers found in 82% of homes? It's true. Common household pests are major offenders on the list of indoor allergens. Learn what you can do to help your family breathe easier. Visit PestWorld.org. A public service message from the National Pest Management Association and the Asthma and Allergy Foundation of America. The worldwide leader of Marshall University sports coverage. Welcome back into the Soul Ballroom at the Convention Center in Riviera Maya, Mexico. WMUL welcomes you to the mountain town of Blacksburg, Virginia. We are high up here at the Gund Arena in Cleveland, Ohio. It's the 2005 Kraft Mac Women's Basketball Tournament. Welcome back to Firestone Stadium in Akron, Ohio. The 2005. Right in the first inning, no score here at Appalachian Power Park. Marshall. WMUL FM, Huntington. Welcome back to News Center 88, voted best radio news reporting by the Society of Professional Journalists Mark of Excellence Awards. I'm Luke Hamilton. And I'm Emma Johnson. Melinda Ledbetter Wilson, the longtime wife and manager of Brian Wilson, whom the Beach Boys co-founder often credited for stabilizing his famously troubled life, has died at age 77. Wilson struggled for much of his life with mental health and substance abuse issues that upended his career in the 1960s and left him dependent on others. Melinda Wilson is cited by Wilson and others for getting him proper medical treatment and encouraging her husband to complete his intended masterpiece from the 60s titled Smile. She and Brian Wilson adopted five children and lived in Beverly Hills, California. The CEOs of Meta, TikTok, X, and other social media companies are testifying before the Senate Judiciary Committee about child safety on their platforms. The hearing comes as lawmakers are growing increasingly concerned about the effects of social media on young people's lives. While Meta CEO Mark Zuckerberg is a veteran of congressional hearings since his first one over the Cambridge Analytica privacy debacle in 2018, it will be only the second time for TikTok CEO Xiaozi Chu and the first for Lindy Ocarino, the CEO of the f- former Twitter. Snap CEO Evan Spiegel and Discord CEO Jason Citron are also scheduled to testify. 
Sometimes a story is more appealing than the truth. Experts say that's one of the reasons to explain the popularity of conspiracy theories. Conspiracy theories have always been around. They're alternative explanations for world events, and they're often not supported by the facts. Today, they're playing an outsized role in politics and culture. Some of the examples are QAnon, as well as conspiracy theories about COVID-19 and stolen electrics. Psychologists say conspiracy theories offer a short of mental shortcuts, giving believers a way to navigate the world to what the, excuse me, to navigate a world that seems random, frantic, and chaotic. James Biden will appear before Republicans for a private interview next month as lawmakers seek to regain some momentum in their months-long impeachment inquiry into his brother, President Joe Biden. The House Oversight and Accountability Committee announced today that James Biden will come to Capitol Hill on February 21st. His interview will take place days before the president's son, Hunter Biden, will be deposed in private by the Republican-run committee. Lawmakers have been investigating the Biden's family for overseas finances for the past year. The inquiry has yet to uncover evidence directly implicating the president in any wrongdoing. James Biden said he has never, excuse me, he has never involved his brother in his business dealings. Gaza's health ministry says 150 people have been killed in the territory in the last 24 hours and an additional 313 were wounded as Israeli forces battle militants, even in the northern part of the territory. The north was an initial target of Israel's ground offensive in late October. Israel's military said today that its forces killed more than 15 Hamas militants in northern Gaza over the past day and targeted militant infrastructures in a school. The Hamas-controlled health ministry says the latest deaths bring the Palestinian death toll from Israel's offensive to 26,900. Hamas's October 7th attack in southern Israel that sparked the war killed 1,200 people, mostly civilians, and about 250 people were taken hostage. Coming up next, U.S. pins blame for deadly drone strike on Iran-backed militias in the Islamic resistance in Iraq. Your daily political update when News Center 88 returns right after this. Aw, the radio won't work. You should worry less about that radio and concentrate on fishing. Besides, there's nothing good to listen to on the radio nowadays. Here we go again. Back in my day, music was good. It played all those good oldies that I love. Of course, they were called newies back then. But Grandpa, if we turn to 88.1 WMUL, we can listen to oldies. <gasps> we can also listen to alternative, blues, jazz, hip-hop, and more. Oh, that in one station? Then hurry up, boy, get that radio working. 88.1 WMUL, the cutting edge since 1961. Here's your cappuccino, miss. Great, thanks. Coffee with cream? Look, almost half of all new STD infections are among young people 15 to 24 years old. Yet most infections have no symptoms. The only way to know for sure is to be tested. So GYT, get yourself tested. Visit GYTnow.org to find an STD testing location near you. A message from CDC. Merlin, I need your help. The armies of darkness are at Camelot's gates, but Excalibur is destroyed. Fear not, Arthur, for I have in my hands a weapon far more powerful than the world has ever seen. The pure, sweet song of its blade leaving the sheath is able to pierce the air itself. This sword, 
Does it have a name? It is WMUL, The Cutting Edge. Welcome back to News Center 88. I'm Luke Hamilton. And I'm Emma Johnson. Prosecutors say a gun that a former Ohio Sheriff's deputy said a man was waving at him when he was fatally shot, excuse me, when he fatally shot him in the back in 2020 was found in the man's kitchen with the safety on. In his opening statement today in the murder case against Jason Mead, Special Prosecutor Jerry Schroyer shared publicly for the first time where 23-year-old Casey Godson Jr.'s handgun was discovered. Mead, who is white, has pleaded not guilty to murder and reckless homicide in the death of Goodson, who was black. Defense attorneys say Goodson did not heed warnings to stop and drop his weapon, and that made and that excuse me, and that Mead feared for his safety and the safety of others. The United States has attributed the drone attack that killed three U.S. service members in Jordan to the Islamic resistance in Iraq, an umbrella group of Iran-backed militias that included the military group Khatib Hezbollah. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby says the U.S. believes the attack was planned, resourced, and facilitated by the group. The Sunday drone attack on a military base in Jordan killed the three troops and injured at least 40 others. Kirby said today that President Joe Biden will continue to weigh response options to the attack, but, quote, the first thing you see won't be the last thing, unquote. Abortion rights supporters are mounting another push to restore abortion access in Kentucky, but the lawmaker sponsoring the bill acknowledges the long odds against them. A near-total abortion ban has been in place in Kentucky since the U.S. Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade. It bans abortion except when carried out to save the mother's life. A bill unveiled today by Democratic Representative Lindsey Burke would roll back Kentucky's abortion laws to the time before Republicans won the House majority in the 2016 election, which coincided their control of the legislature. Since then, lawmakers have put more restrictions on abortion, culminating with the near-total ban. South Africa's foreign minister says Israel has ignored the ruling by the UN's top court last week by killing hundreds more civilians in a matter of days in Gaza. She also says her country has asked why an arrest warrant for Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has not been issued in a case South Africa has brought at the separate International Criminal Court. Foreign Minister Naledi Pandor told reporters that South Africa would now, quote, look at proposing other measures to the global community, unquote, to stop Israel's killing of civilians in the Gaza Strip. She did not say what those measures might be. Farmers are blocking more traffic arteries across Belgium and France as they seek to disrupt trade at major ports and other epi- ec- excuse me, economic lifelines. They are also moving towards Brussels today on the eve of a major European Union summit in a continued push for better prices for their produce and less bureaucracy in their work. The protest had an immediate impact. The European Commission announced plans to shield farmers from cheap exports from Ukraine during wartime and allow farmers to sidestep environmental rules. The plans still need to be approved by member states and parliament, but they are a sudden and symbolic step forward. And coming up, Samantha Riddle will have a complete look at your Metro Huntington weather forecast, and Ben Anderson will be in with the FM88 Sports Report. Stay with us. You've supported her through every accomplishment in her life. Cross, pull, I tied my shoes. While your ultimate goal is to teach her to stand on her own. Let go, let go. I can do it. There are things she just can't do without your support. There were drugs and alcohol at the party. 
Talk with the teens in your life. And if they're in substance abuse treatment and recovery, support them. Help them turn the hardest thing they've ever done into their greatest accomplishment. For information and treatment referral, call 1-800-662-HELP. This is the story of Daniel, who was born two months early. His lungs weren't ready. His heart wasn't ready. His parents could only hope that one day he would leave the hospital healthy and they would all live happily ever after. Daniel's is just one of the more than 500,000 stories of babies born prematurely last year. You can help the March of Dimes stop premature birth and bring more babies home healthy. Learn how at marchofdimes.com. Working together for stronger, healthier babies. Welcome back to New Center 88. I'm Samantha Riddle, and it is now time for your Metro Huntington weather forecast. Currently outside of the WMUL studios, it is a cloudy 41 degrees. Tonight we will dip down into the lower 30s, and tomorrow we will see highs around 54 with lows near 41, with the sun playing a little game of hide-and-seek as we will see some clouds come and go tomorrow. As we look towards this week on Friday, we will see highs in the upper 40s and lows in the lower 30s. Today in weather history, on this day in 1990, high winds in Montana on the 28th gusting to 77 miles per hour at Judith Gap were followed by three days of snow. Heavy snowfall over northwest Montana with up to 24 inches reported in the mountains. An avalanche covered the road near Essex after, or excuse me, with six feet of snow. Snow and high winds also plagued parts of the southwestern U.S. Winds gusted to 45 miles per hour at Sholo, Arizona and Flagstaff, Arizona was blanketed with eight inches of snow. Thank you to weather4u.com for that information. And that does it for your Metro Huntington weather forecast. Currently outside of the WMUL studios, it is a cloudy 41 degrees. For News Center 88, I'm Samantha Riddle. Thanks, Samantha. Now Ben Anderson joins us with the FM88 Sports Report. Thanks, Luke. I'm Ben Anderson. This is the FM88 Sports Report. Today is a big day in Marsh Athletics as Marshall Women's Basketball aims to remain perfect in Sunbelt Conference play and continue the best conference start in program history as it plays host to former Southern Conference rival Appalachia State Mountaineers at the Kim Henderson Center. Marshall enters contest rate 19th in the mid-major top 25 poll. The Thunder here to also look to finish the month of January undefeated as it is 10-0 in the month entering the matchup. Also, Marshall's 11-0 in scoring 80 more points this season with nine of those wins being more than 90 points scored. With Marshall surpassing century mark in four games this season. The four games with 100 plus points are the most in a season in program history. Lastly, Marshall is attempting more three-pointers than any other team in the country with 30.8 per game. I will be on the call tonight as college analyst with Jonathan Edwards at play-by-play. Pre-game starts at 5.30 with tip-off at 6 right here on the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. Then, Marshall men's basketball tomorrow night will play host to the Old Dominion Monarchs at the Cam Henderson Center for Game 3 of a four-game homestand for the Thundering Herd. This is the second meeting between the two teams with Old Dominion winning 91-66 on January 18th in Norfolk, Virginia. Leading the way for the Thundering Herd will be junior Nate Martin, who was named the Sunbelt Conference Men's Basketball Player of the Week this week after he averaged 19.5 points per game, 11.5 rebounds per game, and 4.5 assists per game and wins over Georgia State and Southern Miss. While making 71.4% of his shots, 15 for 21, and is 8th in the country in double-doubles with 11. Also leading the way for the Thundering Herd is senior Camden Kerfman, who is now ranked 10th all-time in three-pointers made with 440. There was plenty of games in college men's basketball last night, none out of the Sunbelt Conference, but there are plenty of matchups in the top 25. Unranked Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets upset the third-ranked North Carolina Tar Heels 74-73. Unranked South Carolina Gamecocks knock off fifth-ranked Tennessee Volunteers 63-59 in Knoxville. Number 8 Kansas dominates Oklahoma State 83-54. Number 9 Marquette gets the win at home versus Villanova 85-80. Number 14 Illinois beats Ohio State 86 
77-75. Number 25, TCU upsets number 15, Texas State, in front of its home crowd, 85-78. Number 17, Utah State takes care of business versus San Jose State, 82-61. Number 21, Dayton cruises past George Washington, 83-61. And number 23, Oklahoma wins in big fashion over Kansas State, 73-53. Plenty of matches in the top 25 tonight as Northwestern takes on number 2, Purdue Boilermakers. Number 24, Alabama Crimson Tide at the Georgia Bulldogs. Number 18, Baylor at UCF. Number 10, Kentucky plays host to the Florida Gators. Number 1, UConn hosts Providence. Vanderbilt at number 16, Auburn. And Boise State at number 19, New Mexico. Two games as well in the Sun Belt Conference as Louisiana Monroe at Louisiana and Southern Miss at Arkansas State. The other news in NCAA athletics, the Attorney General of Tennessee and Virginia filed an antitrust lawsuit against the NCAA that challenged its ban on the use of name, image, and likeness compensation and the recruitment of college athletes. The legal challenge comes response to the NCAA's investigation of University of Tennessee athletics for potential recruiting infractions. The lawsuit filed in the Eastern District of Tennessee claims the NCAA is enforcing rules that unfairly restrict how athletes can commercially use their name, image, and likeness. The NCAA is already facing another antitrust suit challenging transfer rules, employment size for athletes, and athlete compensation rules. In NFL news, the Seattle Seahawks are hiring Baltimore Ravens defensive coordinator Mike McDonald as its new head coach. McDonald, 36, spent the past two years running Baltimore's defense, including this past season, when the Ravens finished with the NFL's best regular season record and reached the AFC Championship game before losing to the Kansas City Chiefs. This would be the first head coaching position at any level for McDonald. In NBA news, Philadelphia 76ers center Joel Embiid is undergoing an MRI after the reigning MVP hurt his left leg in a 119-107 loss to the Golden State Warriors. Embiid scored 14 points in last night's game before limping to the locker room with 4-4 remaining after Golden State's Jonathan Kuminga fell in 7-footers left leg. 76ers coach Nick Nurse said this issue is unrelated to the knee problem that prevented Embiid from playing Saturday at Denver or Monday at Portland. Embiid has already missed 12 games this season, jeopardizing his chances of being eligible for a second straight MVP award. In other sports news, the PGA Tour is getting a $3 billion investment from Strategic Sports Group. The deal gives players access to more than $1.5 billion as equity owners in the new PGA Tour Enterprises. The launch of PGA Tour Enterprises comes eight months after the PGA Tour signed a framework agreement with LIV Golf. This led to private equity groups wanting to join. The tour is still negotiating with the Public Investment Fund of Saudi Arabia. PIF is not yet part of the venture. The tour says its partnership with SSG allows for the Saudis to be co-investors. Lastly today on the FM88 Sports Report, Formula One has rejected Andretti Global's application to join the Global Racing Series in 2025 or 2026, but says it is willing to revisit the issue in 2028 when General Motors has an engine ready for competition. Governing body FIA in July approved Michael Andretti's application to expand the grind by two cars for his new team, but F1 took six months to do its own review. The FIA has given F1 today deadline to make its decision. F1 is only interested in allowing Andretti in when GM has an engine built for competition. Had Andretti received approval for a new team, he would have had to use another manufacturer's engine until 2028. Mario Andretti tweeted that he was, quote, devastated, unquote, by the decision. This concludes the FM88 Sports Report. For FM88 Sports, I'm Ben. Thanks, Ben. Coming up, are insects drawn to light? New research shows it's confusion, not fatal attraction. Stay with us to find out more right after this on New Center 88. plans pollute the airwaves with Nickelback is almost too rotten fruition. We must let our powers combine. Jazz. Avoid winning news in sports. Rock and roll. Flashback. Scar. 
With your powers combined, I am WMUL. Oh no! WMUL's award-winning radio programming is kicking my... 88.1 WMUL. We all share a common journey. We wanted to serve our country and protect the things we love. But for some of us, coming home was more of a challenge than we expected. In the service, we had each other's backs. But as veterans, it can sometimes feel like we're all alone. For confidential support, call 1-800-273-8255 and press 1. Chat at VeteransCrisisLine.net or text 838-255. And finally today on News Center 88, like a moth to a flame, many scientists and poets have long assumed that flying insects were simply drawn to bright lights. But that's not exactly what's going on. A new study suggests, rather than being attracted to light, researchers believe that artificial lights at night may may actually scramble flying insects' navigational systems, causing them to flutter in confusion around porch lamps, street lights, and other artificial beacons. For the study, researchers attached tiny sensors to moths and dragonflies in a laboratory to film a, quote, motion capture, unquote, video of flight similar to how filmmakers attach sensors to actors to track their movements. And that does it for this edition of News Center 88. Tune in tomorrow at 5 for the most complete news from Marshall University and the Tri-State area. And remember to check us out on the World Wide Web at marshall.edu slash WMUL. For Emma Johnson, Samantha Riddle, Ben Anderson, Peyton Sisko, and for the entire News Center 88 team, I'm Luke Hamilton, and your thought of the day is, the price of greatness is responsibility. Winston Churchill.